Courtside Indiana podcast is brought to you by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs from Sundays, October 11th through November 1st. For more information and to register, visit MetroIndyBasketball.com. Also, Box Out Sports, the best sports graphics platform. Built for speed and control with your organization in mind. Try it now for free at BoxOutSports.com. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. This is Jim Reamer along with Zach Tyler. We are starting episode 32 today on what is another jam-packed filled evening of sports. We've got what? We've got the Colts on. We've got NBA basketball coming up at 7.30. That game should probably be a blowout now that Bam and and Dragic are out. Yep. And and then we've got another good football game tonight. So – so we're going to squeeze, kind of squeeze, thread that needle again like we did last week. And I joined, as always, again with, with Zach Tyler. Zach, how was your week? Uh, another good week back to school. It's nice having all the kids back for the most part. St- still have a couple virtual. Uh, yep. Then I had a good day today over in Valpo, so we'll get to talk about that a little later. Yeah, you were up the, uh, the, the fall league up there at Northwest Indiana Courts. So, so that was good. Um, but let's get let's get right to the news and and get to the updating people and offers and commitments. Go for it. Yeah, so we had three commitments this week, all in the NAI uh, division. I'll start off with offers though. We got Leland Walker, a Providence offer. C.J. Gunn, Wake Forest offer. Uh, Clayton McLogan from Valparaiso, a Goshen offer. Evan Altman, Illinois Springfield offer. Will Shank, St. Francis offer. Ben Jones, Wabash. Reggie Bass with the Oregon State offer. And then Jackson Paul had an offer from Madonna. Yep. And then we had the three commitments, like I mentioned, all NAIA. Uh, two crossroads and one WAC offer, or one WAC commitment. The one WAC commitment was Blake Davison from Fort Wayne Leo going to Indiana Tech, so staying close to home. And then a couple good, good offers, or good commitments, I should say, sorry to Crossroads schools. Uh, Brody Whitaker is going to stay close to home also and go to Marion. And then Lane Sparks is coming up to Huntington. Yeah, Lane is a kid that, I mean, he's a, he kind of came up through the South Ripley system, then, tra- then, I mean, technically didn't transfer, but then enrolled at Greensburg and has been on those good Greensburg teams with Andrew Wellage and and then the the older and younger Comer brothers. So, um. You know, he's a kid that kind of thought maybe he could flow into more of a Division II level. And I wonder if if some questions about his size, what he can guard, what position is he, kind of gets answered in the Crossroads League where he's strong enough he can probably guard a lot of threes um, and probably tough enough where he can guard. I mean, he's probably tough enough he could guard twos and threes in that league when he as he gets more experience. So – Offensively, uh, he he's probably got one of the be- the best mid range jump shots in the state. He definitely loves that part of his game. He he's a left handed. He's a scorer. He's crafty. He can be a primary ball handler, um, but he's still really darn good coming off screens, and that's probably where he's best suited. And then of course, certainly he's he's good from three point range. But um, Brody Whitaker 
that's that's a guy kind of you really liked him all summer, haven't you? Yeah, I, I did like Brody this summer. Uh, I got to see him at, in Lafayette when you were down there. Also, yeah. Uh, tough nose guard can score all three levels. Plays really good defense. Uh, gets out in transition. Can rebound. A little of everything is is what Brody can do, and he's going to bring that to to Marion. Do we? Do we think he's under-recruited? Do you think he's under-recruited? I was surprised he only had four offers when I looked personally. I mean, and the three of them are Crossroads offers. So we yeah. know how good the Crossroads League is. So that's not anything bad about those. But but the Grace Bethel uh, Marion offer, and then he had the Rio Grande, I believe. I, I was kind of surprised, yeah, that he didn't have a few more offers already. I mean, just from a level perspective, it's – I really liked him. I know defensively there would be some questions, um, but I've got this working theory that the Division II schools in the state are as proactive as they need to be. And I think a lot of it is because they do get caught in the, the middle of hoping for Division I transfers. And so sometimes some things kind of slide through the gaps a little bit. But I don't know. He's a kid that I thought would be really good in the GLBC or, you know, or some other league, you know, some other league that's, you know, Division Two league that's right there as well. Um, sure. You know, and Evan Altman picks up an Illinois Springfield offer this week, and and I think he's an intriguing kid at 6'6", and can do a lot of things. He's kind of good at a lot of things, maybe not great at any of it, other than the fact that, that he does rebound his position pretty well. And, and maybe as he becomes more of a stretch four, more of a consistent shooter from the three-point line, he becomes that kind of guy. Um, you know, defensively, I, I've I've liked him in the summer. Did not, you know, I don't know that I saw Burbuff at, at a varsity game last year. Oddly enough, I saw their freshman play twice. Um, just some random Saturday morning event that maybe Carmel happened to be in, but um, I can't remember if I saw the varsity play or not last year, which is very rare for me. I usually see them two or three times in a year. And, um, but he had a really good summer and really tough kid. And, you know, it's good that a division two school picks up on it, but then from our, my perspective, it's an out of state school. And I've just always sort of been not, not too critical, just would like to see Southern Indiana, Indianapolis, you know, back in the day, St. Joe's, uh, just be more aggressive with these guys and, and not completely, and probably completely too strong of a word, but but not just always seem to, I used always again, didn't I? Not, um, just not rely as heavily on D1 transfers. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've, I've never really watched that league too closely, so. I have no clue what the rest of those teams in that conference, what their rosters look like or and what Indianapolis and Southern Indiana have to compete against. So um, I don't know. I guess I would have liked to have seen Whitaker maybe get that opportunity. Sure. But, and, and, and who knows, maybe COVID impacted that. So um, anything else you want to touch on before we move on to what were the, the, one of the two topics we're going to hit on today? Uh, I don't think so. I think we're good on the on the okay. commits and offers. So, th- so this week we're looking at power forwards and centers in the class of 2023. And I, and then after that, 
you're going to talk more about um, what you saw, but the, the fall league up at Northwest Indiana. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and some of these guys, if, if you, so did you see Mason Jones play today? No, he's probably a football player. So he's yeah, probably he wasn't there today. today. Okay. Nope. Wonder if there's anybody else. There's no real centers up there that we're going to get too much in depth on. I can, there'll be one that we, that I name, but, um, but anyway, it's power forwards. You know, and again, a lot of this is – a lot of these kids are extremely skilled, especially for, especially for their position. And these guys more and more aren't post players. These guys more and more are guys that face the basket. And the obvious first choice here is Jalen Hooks, who's now at Crispus Attics. He started last year at Franklin Central as a freshman, transferred over to Attics. His outside shot's still developing. But I, as I've watched him play this fall a little bit and, and had a chance to coach him at the end of summer, really impressed with his ability, with his movement off the ball. He's, he's got a pretty good understanding of, of what to do. He's not a kid that just floats. Um, defensively, he was, he was solid in the short time I got a chance to be around him. And, and I, I've seen him be a good defender, especially in and around his age group. You know the varsity game. He, he made some mistakes. The couple games I saw, uh, they're you know they're not they weren't putting him on the other team's best players. You know, and, and as much as he's at Attics and and hasn't had a chance to play for them yet, I think Coach Byers at Franklin Central deserves a lot of credit for for how Jalen moves without the basketball. Um, so watching that part of his game and how it does develop over the next three years at Attics will, will be a key for me. It would be a, a key in, a key point of interest for me because that's something that I, I love to see in a player. Um, but as his outside shot continues to be more consistent, I, you know, he's, I, mean, I think he's the best player in the class and, and that's not to take anything away from, from Draven, you know, from Draven, um, from, from Gibbs, but, and it's not like it's it's not like this class doesn't have about six or seven high major kids. Gibbs is right there as one of them. Hooks is too, and I think you'll start to see some Big Ten schools start getting involved with him and and other you know schools from high majors. I'm not real sure what they think they need to see in him yet. To me, it's kind of obvious. Uh, maybe there is some question as to what position he is at, at that level. Um, but for me, the only part of his game that's missing is his shooting and it, it improves each time I see him play. So, or each time I see him play after, after an extended break. So, um, a couple of other guys that, um, got some varsity time last year, three kids, especially that got some varsity time, uh, Mason Jones, uh, Jake Davis and Jesse Ferris and, all three of those guys pulled starts at the varsity level for big schools. Jones goes to Valparaiso, six foot seven. Jake Davis, six six, goes to Cathedral. Jesse Ferris, six six, goes to Ben Davis. All three of those guys got multiple starts. I uh, can't speak for if they started every game, but all three of those guys have good skill sets facing the basket. Um, I think Mason is probably the most complete of the three although he's the one who I've seen shoot the the least amount from the perimeter uh, but he does shoot free throws well he has nice mechanics so I can't imagine that being too far behind um, Ferris is a kid that is just a relentless rebounder for his position 
Love how he hits the glass. Uh, defensively, he's got some work to do off the ball. And offensively, he's, he's pretty good driving, straight line. Um, he finishes pretty well, especially when he's he, – sometimes he loses his balance, he loses his core, and, and gets a little ahead of himself physically. And that causes him to, to have to finish awkwardly, which, of course, then he struggles. Um, but as his outside shot improves – He's going to be a guy, too, that, again, becomes not, not just a stretch for. We're, we're almost beyond that term to the point now where it's just he's just a skilled four. And what I like about him is that he is he will be physically capable of guarding probably the three and the four as he gets older. Um, but right now, defensively, he's best at the four. And then Jake Davis – He's a kid that he's a great pick and pop guy. He's a, he's a good pick and post guy. Some mobility issues will be there for him. Um, although I think he does have some toughness defensively. And at Cathedral, he'll be able to guard. I mean, he plays with Peter Moe, so he won't have to guard the five a lot or, or primarily. But if there's a situation where he gets into, you know, where Moe gets in trouble, Jake's certainly strong enough to be able to handle that in most instances instances so uh really excited about his shot this it's one of the strong parts of his game where the other two guys you need to see a little bit more of it um but he's a kid that you know for cathedral um him and and tibbs are guys that will both get a lot of varsity time as sophomores both got a lot of time as freshmen i expect jake to be a full-time starter this year or at least consistently starting um, they they do have some flexibility. They could go technically could go small, and maybe maybe Jake doesn't get starts. But but all three of those dudes being at big schools and and being kids that you can just pretty much pin in the starting lineup, you know, are pretty impressive for for each of them. So, have you seen any of those guys much, if any at all? Yeah, I just saw Mason once earlier in the year against Warsaw. Yeah. Uh, really good touch around the rim, quick feet. Use both hands to finish around the rim also. Like you're saying, knocks down free throws. But, yeah, I didn't see that extended game out to the perimeter at all, really. Yeah, Solid like, body, too. I think from most of what I've seen of Valpo tape last year, he, he did play pretty much around the paint the whole time. And Yeah. You know, and, 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 that, and that's fine. I mean, Ferris was the same way at Ben Davis. Most of his uh, – beyond, I don't think Ferris got any touches at the, at the varsity level that, didn't, that weren't the result of just him going out and rebounding. You know, um, I remember one game, I thought they tried to run a lob for him off an inbounds play, but that's, I think, I think in the four or five games that I, he's a kid that I coach. I think the four or five games I saw him play during the school year, I don't know that, that they did anything specifically for him other than put him in a position to move the ball, but then he would go out and rebound and, and his rebounding continued through the summer. And that's, they typically say rebound always translates. Um, and for him, it did. And, and I liked how – I like Mason's motor as well. Yeah. Um, and, and Jake will rebound pretty well. Sometimes he'll get stuck on the perimeter uh, just because of the nature, I think, of how they'll use him at times. So he'll, he might be more of a presence on the defensive glass than he will in the offensive glass. But that, that's not a criticism of him, nor it's not a criticism of the system either. It's just, it's just geography. That's what that is. So um, Preston Ross – 
And um, I guess, that, well, another kid that should start, go to Demarion Anderson. He was a kid that he probably, of, of that Mishawaka crew, there's a group of freshmen up there that that had that were impactful at the varsity level, and Anderson was one of them. The, the problem is, is I don't think either one of us saw him. I didn't see him. Did you get no, a chance to I, see him play? I didn't, I didn't get a chance to either, no. And I have not seen the team they play on in the summer. I've, I mean, I've coached against him, but that was last summer. That was before I knew much about him. He plays with the same group as Deagle and Southern, Sullivan. Um, so that's that's a weak spot for us as far as being able to see him play. But but I know, you know, again, in talking with Coach Varga at South Bend, Washington, um, about Grundy, he even though Anderson goes to Elkhart, he likes the Anderson kid too. And he's pretty complimentary of a lot of the kids in that area. And it, it's good to be able to to reach out to a school coach and, and get some pretty good feedback on kids. And so there was a number of guys that he liked up in that area, and Demarion was one of them. So I thought that was pretty high praise when another team's coach goes out of his way. And, and we were talking specifically about 2023 kids. So um, it, it wasn't like he was going to pitch just a full roster of Washington guys. So um, – <laughs> Kid I like in the summer uh, that that I didn't get a chance to say play, play during the school year is Preston Ross from Fort Wayne Dwinger. I, again, a really good motor for him. And don't have a great feel yet for what he does offensively. I have seen him catch and drive. I've seen him, you know, beat his man on a straight line drive off the dribble. Not seen him shoot yet. But I, I love how he defends. I love how he rebounds, plays hard, um, good, pretty springy. And I, and I thought defensively, he, he's probably been the best other than hooks um, of the guys that I've seen play quite a bit. Talking about just on the ball and off the ball defense, just little things that sometimes can burn young kids. He seemed to make the least amount of mistakes when I saw him play this summer. Um, you know, and that we'll see where it grows from there. We'll see how his skill set develops. But but right now, I, I love his motor, and I think that we talked about with rebounding that translates up. So uh, he he could be the best big man Dwingers had, unless I'm missing somebody uh, since Tony Springman you know, back uh, who graduated in, in 2011. So, that, you know, that's – he was a pretty good player until he ended up focusing on football and going, going to Notre Dame. And they've not had a ton of size since then. Um, and then, of course, the, the one of the big stories from last year was it was Nickens Limba. This was a kid he's – He's a super nice kid. He, he's constantly smiling when he plays. I don't doesn't have anything to do with his ability, but it, it does make you want to root for him. And he'll he'll have a good year at Southport. He did not get a chance to play last year because of all the stuff that went on surrounding his his guardianship and and um, you know Coach Brand at Southport and and the involvement there and, and definitely not making any judgments that you know this late in the game. It, it, we're we're a year beyond that. But what it did do is, as these things tend to do, regardless of how what anybody's intentions are, 
it hurts the kid, you know, and, and he didn't get a chance to play last year. He didn't even get a chance to play JV. It's basically a, a wash of a year for him. Um, it, it doesn't seem to – I saw him play some last fall, and, and it doesn't seem to have cost him much in terms of his development, although it might cost him some little things that you might see, you know, some slippage in game action. Uh, but he's incredibly athletic, incredibly long, great body. Um, when you watch him work out individually, you can see the skill set that he's got that he can that he's got to to work on or to work with. I don't know yet how much of it translates into a game. Most of what I've seen him do has been around the basket, has been around his activity, his just tremendous athleticism. He has had opportunities to to get clean, just wide open, catch and sh- shoot, catch and shot opportunities. Looks pretty good doing it. But then when he gets rushed, it comes off kind of wonky and, and you know, makes a lot of noise. So, but, but easy to see that part of his game develop incrementally. But his ability to make plays defensively, he'll be a guy that will probably make some mistakes and then be able to recover from it just because of his his physical attributes. And, of course, the side benefit of that is he has to work hard to make that play. And I've not seen him be in a situation where he's not worked hard. I, I've seen him in situations where sometimes the game gets a little fast and he can get caught standing around. But then when he gets caught up, um, he gets after it. So, I, you know, there's, there's a lot to like there. And then another kid we're going to talk about a little bit more is Cooper Farrell at Culver. He should have a big opportunity to step into some decent production numbers this year. I, they don't have a whole lot back from the team they had last year. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and he has developed to the point where he is a reliable shooter from the three-point range. Still defensively more of a four. Uh, rebounds the ball well. For his rebounds, his position well, um, and then you know just a kid that has to really improve more of his just overall awareness of you know primarily moving the ball, passing it, making sure he understands how the defense moves around him. Um, he's not going to necessarily be a drive guy yet, although it is part of his game he's working on. Um, you could see it in the summer, but he's just he's loose with the ball. But love how he love how his shots progressed. Um, he definitely puts time into it, and um, you know I think he's just as he starts to get a better grasp of the defensive side of the floor, especially off the ball defensively, um, which you know you got to believe playing for Galloway that's something that's going to happen quickly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going to be thrown right in the mix this year. That's for sure. I mean, pretty much. So. Anything on those guys? You've you've probably have you Cooper played mostly JV last year, so you probably didn't get a chance to watch him play. Yeah, I did not. Had you seen this stuff on Limba? And I had not. I, I'm just what you talked about, yeah, but I haven't seen him play either or any tape or anything. Okay. And then some other guys that I think power forward wise, Jeffrey Pinkston from Tenley, although he's coming back from an injury. You look at Grant Grant Leeper at Fort Wayne Homestead will be a kid this year that makes an impact for their varsity team. His older brother, Andrew, is what will have the bigger number. So if you see a leaper come across on a stat sheet, it's probably his brother. 
but he'll be in the mix. Uh, Josh Mickens will be a kid at Lawrence Central now that, that gets a big, bigger role because of uh, Deontay Davis's moving over to Lawrence Central with his father. Uh, Mickens is interesting, although I do think he'll be more of a football player ultimately. He's an, he's an awkward kid to watch play basketball, but at the end of the day, he's got a, he's got a good amount of length. He's a strong kid. And um, I, I do think he kind of rises to the challenge, but he also plays the level of his competition sometimes. So, which is to say, whenever he plays a couple of kids that I like watching, he usually has a pretty good game. So, <laughs> um, and then two smaller school kids. Well, I guess Warsaw's not a small school, but Russ Whitaker at Warsaw and then Carson Chad at Southmont. Both those guys are pretty physical kids who are high IQ guys. Um, and, um, you know, Chad especially was a key part of their varsity team at Southmont. And, it, and they, they struggled, but he also missed a number of games. And, and they just – they're a better team uh, when, he's, when he's playing. So, any guys up there in your area that, that you've seen that I didn't name or guys that you kind of – that you think you want to take a look at besides Demarion Anderson and, and Mason Jones more? Yeah, probably Grant Leeper, uh, just because yeah. of his brother. He's Andrew has going on right now. Uh, Durda at Penn, I think, is a guy I need to see. And then uh, maybe maybe Hayden Dace at Kankakee Valley. We'll see yeah. if I can make it down there. Did he? Did you? Was he? Did you get a chance to see him today? Was he in that league? Uh, I, I did not. I saw his his teammate uh, okay. Nick Meekish was there though. Okay. Well, those guys will be down at the at the Metro Indy Fall League for sure. We've got – I think we have the entire tank, town of Wheatfield coming down for that, which would be Kankakee Valley. So, Coach Shepard's done an amazing job of, of pushing that. So, what, one kid from Southern Indiana that I've – that I kind of liked during the summer was Cameron Walter from Laneville, Lanesville. Um, nice athlete. I, I do think he'll be a football player. Um, but definitely, um, you know, definitely a guy that will, will put up good numbers this year as a sophomore. So, um, moving quickly to centers, there's just not enough of them for us to have a whole podcast on it. So that's kind of what we're throwing out here. And I'm going to name the top five guys and touch on them a little bit. Um, no particular, well, alphabetically, Anthony Ball from Southport could probably make a case where he's more of a power forward recruiting wise. Um, Xavier Booker from cathedral Hill will probably he's, he's intriguing at six ten. He's probably still more of a JV kid this year, but I know they're going to try to get him some minutes. Luke Burgess from new pal six foot eight. Again, another football player, uh, Jacob cherries, six ten center from, uh, Eastern High School down at Pekin, which is near uh, New Albany. And then Nick Richard from Zionsville, who for my money is the most skilled of this bunch. Um, and he could eventually be a guy that gets recruited more as a power forward. Um, but he's got a little bit of Charlie Williams in him from Carmel where he's, he's got a pretty good touch going any direction with it as far as back the basket stuff. Really good passer. I think he handles the ball pretty well, but not, not really um, 
at a point where you're going to like involve him in action other than maybe some dribble handoff action where he's doing the handing off. Um, but he's got a chance to be extremely versatile in some in ball screen action. And with the coaching change there, they go away from an offense that runs almost entirely nothing but ball screens to an offense that will use it a little bit, but use it more randomly. And, and that'll give him a chance. It'll make him a little bit tougher to scout as he gets older um, and becomes a bigger focal point of that offense because him and Logan Imes should be a great duo. Uh, Logan's, of course, her point guard, but he and Imes should be a great duo, duo for Zionsville for the next three years. Um, Reichert will, will struggle a little bit physically this year at the varsity level. Um, but, you know, he's also going to be a kid that there'll be some games where he's he wins possessions just because he's more talented than the guy guarding him. Um, Cherry and, and Burgess are both kids that they are they're, – they're developing offensively. I think Burgess is probably a little bit better shooter and, and probably a little bit more mobile than what he looks like. Um, but then Cherry's just extremely mobile, very long, has a good, has a good nose for the rim as far as protecting it, has good hands on a roll. He's a good roll man off the ball screen action. Decent touch, uh, especially facing the basket. Um, I should say decent touch, especially back the basket, but he does have the ability to step out mid-range and hit that shot. And that's going to have to be a bigger part of his game, um, as I as I think he could develop into the into that type of read coming off ball screen stuff, and also being able to play maybe in the middle of the zone where he can at least bounce up high a little bit. Um, as I go through that motion on our Zoom chat here, nobody else can see me but you. Um, but really like where his game's headed, and defensively he's tremendous. I saw him get caught on some switches this summer and I, he was outstanding in, in, in each instance. So, um, ball is the one combination in this class of athleticism and size. And he is unique in that regard, at least at that position, you know, so physically he looks a little bit more like Limba and, and hooks in terms of, you know, he's got the size to play the position. He's got the athleticism where some of these other guys may be not as athletic. Um, Ball is definitely a guy who can go up and play in the box. And decent off the drive. You know, he can catch, sweep, get one bounce, get to the, get to the rim. Doesn't have much range yet. And I, I do think that's something he's going to be developing. Uh, he's going to have to develop. And the thing with him will be is how much bigger does he get at 6'6". Six, at six, six. And that's – he might be done growing. And, and, and in some regards, it's probably why we probably should move him more, consider him more as a power forward. But, um, you know, Booker's interesting because he's just – he's like Cherry. He's, lo- he's super long. He's, he's – again, he's about 6'10 now. I know we've, what we're reading here says he's 6'8, but he's not. He's 6'10. Um, are, are Booker and Cherry both pretty wiry guys, or are they thicker – Cherry's a Good little body. Cherry's a little stronger. Booker definitely needs 
to get stronger. He needs to really work on his motor. Um, he needs to get to a point where he makes two, three plays in a row. And what I mean by that is not only block a shot, but then get the, you know, go after the rebound, not only, um, get the rebound, but then run the floor hard. Um, you know, can he, can he miss a shot and then get his own rebound and battle for that, for that second chance point? Can he be a screen guy and then, and then a, a good read, you know, make a good read. He's, he's got decent touch to the three point line of these three of these five guys. He is, well, I, I have not seen Richard shoot from the three yet. I tend to think that's going to be a strong part of his game as he gets older. Uh, Booker has nice touch from the three point line. But it's but it's a slow release. He's got to be open. He's not. They're not going to do a lot at the varsity level with him, where he's getting quick looks over a defender. Um, but he's just got to get to the point. It's sort of similar to what we went through with Smiths, where as Derek was slowly growing into his body, you know, at six ten, seven feet, eventually he had to get his body to the point where he could really hunker down and make two or three plays in a row. And, you know, it's, it's tough on kids like that. When you, when you grow, when you, you grow so much and your body's thin and your core is probably weak, certainly weaker than these six, six dudes digging their body into you. Um, you know, it's something that takes a lot of discipline to take contact and continually try to make plays. And, and that's kind of where Booker is. But if he wants to compete at Cathedral, he's going to have to do that. And I think a lot of us are intrigued by what he can become because he's 6'10", he's pretty skilled, he looks great in a workout, and now you're just sort of sort of just waiting on him to maybe put it all together. You know, you hate to compare him to, you know, you hate to compare him to somebody like a Bull Bull who's 7'2", and, you know, was a high school All-American, but it's but as he moved up into college, the question was, could he take the contact? And he, of course, he was good until he got injured. And, and then the question becomes at the NBA level, can he take that kind of contact? And you've seen a lot of kids with that body type just struggle with it. And so that's going to be the next question for him is how does he develop physically? So um, you've got some other names at the center position, Zane Dowdy from Ben Davis, Keaton Book from um, – Crown Point, whose endless motor, <laughs> kid never quits playing hard. He's he doesn't give a crap about anything. He'll set he'll set you know ten fifteen illegal screens a game. He rebounds everything. I love it. Um, love watching him play. Um, Bryson Hobbs, an interesting player at Park Tudor, will probably be more of a of a baseball player though. Trevor Lauk is certainly an interesting player at Roncalli. He's an extremely physical kid. He'll probably be more of a football player. And then the one that none of us have really seen at all, I mean, I, I shouldn't say at all, I've seen him a little bit, is David Merriweather, 6'8", 6'9". He was at Riverside last year. He was supposed to go to Tinley, but now has not enrolled there. So um, not sure where I heard he was going. Um Oh, Metro. From what I heard, he might be at Indy Metro, so or a Metropolitan. So, so that's it as far as centers. Any any um, any guys there? You you've not. I mean, we talked about this before. You just between the power forwards and the 
the center is really the only guy you've seen much was Mason Jones. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. And a lot of these and guys, like we said, some played JV this year, so it was tough to get out and see those kind of guys. Well, there wasn't a whole lot of bigs up in northwest Indiana that played that at the varsity too. level. Yeah. You know, there's there were a few more. I mean, Richard played more varsity as the year went on. Anthony Ball started at Southport as a, as a freshman. He was one of the three freshmen they started. Jake Cherry started as a freshman. Burgess played primarily JV. Um, you know, you look at – and then you look at kids. You know, none of these other dudes at the center position were, uh, were varsity guys. And that doesn't yeah. mean I didn't get a chance to see them, but, you know, you're not going to get down here at, in time to watch them play. Right. Um, you know, in the power forwards, like I said, I think we broke it down into the really the first four guys, you know, with with Hooks and Jones and Davis and Ferris as the guys that started varsity. Uh, Demarion Anderson, neither one of us had seen. So he was another varsity starter. And, you know, the rest of them were, you know, either smaller school kids or kids that played at JV that, you know, sometimes it's tough to see. So, um you know, me going over to watch Carson Chad play is, is probably as much to do with the fact that it was like a Wednesday night game. And, and you know, I know the family. I know the older brother. And, and you know, Carson's a kid that I n- knew what he was going to be coming into this year because he's, you know, he's tracked pretty high for his grade up to that point. So, um, anyway, so any of those centers then that, or any question, anything you – I mean, most of those dudes are – you know, Southern Indiana, Dylan Watson at, at Castle. Again, might be a football player. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to see what his skill development is going to be and how much time he puts into his game away from high school season. He does spend a lot of time playing ba- – or playing football. He does play AAU basketball but but a lot of his individual work as far as i can tell is is um soaked up because he also has to put time in for football so but well tell us a little bit about the uh, northwest indiana fall league that you had a chance to watch today yeah so i was up here at the indiana game facility well it's not the game facility it's just called the courts in valparaiso indiana game runs their fall league through there uh today was the final sunday for that um, some, some of the regular names we've gotten to know played well, uh, Mantis and Ross both played well. Uh, I saw Richard Brooks do some things I liked from Mishawaka Marion. I got team do, which was that had the team he was on do Richard Brooks. Yeah. Him and Hakovich and yeah, they were in the uh, championship game actually. That does surprise me. Yeah. Uh, they do pretty well. They, they're playing down here too. And they, this will be their third year in a row coming down here, and they've been competitive each time so far. Uh, and I was kind of bummed, though, because uh, Kaleo was injured. He had uh, like a cast on his wrist, his hand. Oh, really? Well, that may be why. Well, that, that was a bummer that I didn't get to see him play. Uh, but I got to see Landon Babuziak play. Had a great day. Blocking shots, dunking, dunking the ball, hitting threes. Played really well. And then I got to see Cron Davis finally <clears throat> this yeah. summer slash, slash fall. And he looked really good, really good. good. Did he play uh, with 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 Lux's team, the team he was supposed to be on, or was he with a different group? 
Yep, he was with their, that, that team. Because okay. they hadn't yep. won a game yet. Uh, they look pretty the good. Standings. Yeah, and that would be surprising to me because I thought they played pretty well today. Good. Uh, and then some other some new names then I've got written down here for today. Uh, Gary Westside should be really good this year. I know we've talked about yeah. Christmas and Peterson and, and Washington back, but right. I really liked uh, Perrion Robertson for them and, okay. and Billy Muldrew as well. Uh, Gary 21st had a couple tough kids I liked, Takari Jones and Quentin Floyd. They impressed me a little bit today. Uh, one crown point kid, Darren Roach. I liked him. I like Darren. Dar- uh, Darian. I think it's Darian. Darian. Sorry. Does it say Darren or Darian on there? I might, hold on. Might be. Because he has a brother too, Darius, right? Yeah, Darius. Definitely. definitely yeah. Darius. Hold on. You keep talking. I'll find out. Okay. D- anyway, Darren, Darren or Darian, whichever one you think it is, <laughs> he stood out to me. I've been wrong before, so it's it's oh, okay. It won't be <laughs> if I'm wrong now. It won't be the first or last time. Yeah, it is Darren. Uh, All right, I'm I'm wrong. <laughs> so, so yeah, I like go. Darren today. Uh, Britton Harris from Marquette Catholic played well. Uh, Nick Mickish finally got to see him after uh, wanting to see him a little bit this summer from Kankakee Valley, like we talked about a little bit ago. He he played pretty well today. A couple Munster kids. Played hard, and I liked today. Dane Hamilton and Clayton Bubash both played well. Uh, Lincoln Tomei from Victory Christian. Yeah. Played solid. He can, played solid. He could flat out shoot it. Yep, definitely. And then uh, tight, tight, sorry, Tate Avano also okay. played really well today. Yeah, he had picked up, what, offers last week, and we realized we probably had some offers we had missed. Yeah, definitely. So it was good to see him then today also after we talked about that last week. He, he had a really good day today. Yeah, Mikosh is interesting. He transferred into KV last year. And, I'm you know, he's going to be – he'll be down here for the fall league and I'll, it starts next week. Uh, I'll be um, anxious to see him play. I've not seen him yet. I've, the KV kids I've seen, uh, just touch on it earlier, just because of Hayden Days. And I've got a chance to watch him a little bit. But – um but not because they not during school season. So just had chances to watch him, you know, play a little bit in the summer. So um Yeah, that's good. What well who do you who, do you were you around for to see who won it or uh I left the halftime of that game. Okay. To get back. Who, yeah. Who was in the finals besides uh Hatkovich's team? Uh Perrin Robinson's team. Okay. Was- Coach Coach Nelson, Dominic so Nelson. Was, so it was Xander Paulus, Ethan Iswaski. Yep. Did you did yep. you get a feel for him? Uh, and you know what? A lot of kids weren't there today. Okay. It's like, Krishan Christmas wasn't there today for that team. I uh, and just a, there were a handful of kids that I was hoping to get to see also that I got that weren't there today. Yeah. But but anybody I named were basically the kids that kind of stuck out to me today I mean, that's too bad about uh kikalia yeah no doubt. i wondered what was going on there i got an email saying that we're only got, we may only have six guys for your fall league and i'm like oh who'd you lose so yeah and that that's probably him so um well, anyway 
Well, that's good. Anybody else impress you up there that anybody you didn't know about that, or anybody that you did know about that really lived up to it? Uh, Karan Davis, I feel like he did. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't able to see him this season because the game that I was at for Bowman, he was not playing and not dressed. So it was good to see him. And I felt like he lived up to, to what we've heard. Yeah, I liked him during that region versus Chicago game. Liked his talent. Yeah, definitely. You know, in, a, in a game like that, it's there's not a whole lot of passing going on. Um, <laughs> but he was one that looked to, to move the ball a little bit. Him and Mantis yeah. of the of the perimeter players. Sure. Um, and and Karan can get to the basket pretty easily too. Yeah, he was good that day. I his shot. I think his shot's a little comes across his face a little a little uh maybe not as exaggerated as or as embellished as what how Lonzo Ball shoots it but he's definitely one of those guys that that um it's not really clocking it but but definitely comes up across his face and in, into his release so well I think um anything else out of that I don't think so I think I named all the kids that I was hoping to see and got to see, and I want to see again here coming up. It was nice to see him now and not have to try to piece games together this season and see kids again or see kids for the first time that way, I guess. Was it pretty competitive? Uh, you know, the first few, the first couple games were. I mean, like, like physically, kind of, like physically competitive. Not, I don't mean in terms of score, but. Uh, for the most part. So there was a couple mismatch teams that yeah. couldn't hang with the others. So, but they but they battled pretty hard though. I mean, the kids competed. That's always the that's always the task. The, the first week down here, next week for the Metro Fall League will be a lot of those dudes just trying to figure each other out. Right. Um, then then it starts to get a little bit competitive. Then it starts to get competitive weeks two and three, and then especially in the championship bracket. It, it gets pretty heated. <laughs> so, yeah, um, there was a little, there was a little heat. In, they had to finish a game early because there was a little too much heat in one of these up here. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, <laughs> good. Well, good. It, yeah. Well, other, fire. Than, like, other than, you know, no, I don't want anybody to get hurt, but, but right, damn it, right. it's, it's fun to watch those. It's, it's fun to watch them care a little, you know, care. And oh, as definitely. Long as, it's not, as long as it's not stupid. Yeah. So, right. I mean, it's, sometimes it's the result of trash talking. These kids know each other all the time and, Right, right. I, I remember once breaking up a fight between Marcus Teague and Ron Patterson, and and it, it just you know two two guys talking trash, trying to keep their territory in the court, and and it got a little out of hand, and <laughs> and Bus is Bus is a, a a great defender back then, and and uh, not that he's not now, but I mean he's well, he was he was just such a physical player. Teague didn't like it. And, um, and they both got into each other, and it, it escalated. So that's the only real issue I've ever had um, down here. And luckily, it was two guys that I knew. So I literally carried yeah. Patterson off the court, <laughs> picked him up and carried him. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I just trust you won't punch me. So, um, But no, that, that's good. It's their, their first year doing that. And, um, you know, I hated not being able to get up there, but I had two weeks kind of taken away from because of illness so 
um, <laughs> one week I wouldn't have been allowed to go. And then the next week I was still just tired and, and wimpy. So, um, but I'm glad you got a chance to get up there. So, yeah, me too. It was nice to be over there. Well, anything else before we wrap this up and get, get to our so. reads? Yeah, I don't think so. All right. Well, Courtside Indiana podcast is brought to you by Metro Indy Basketball Fall League. The 14th annual Fall League runs, from, runs on Sundays, October 11th through November 1st, which is next Sunday. Uh, right now we're looking at at least 30 teams, maybe as many as 32. For more information and maybe to register, we still got a few open spots left as far as gaps on rosters. Um, probably could take one more team. So if you're listening, it's, you know, maybe too late by the time you hear this, but, uh, but anyway, for more information, you can visit MetroIndyBasketball.com. And if you're looking for the schedule and a chance to come watch basketball for the next four weeks at Fishers High School, you can download the app, uh, the Metro Indy Basketball app on the uh, app store for Apple or Google Play Store. Zach, you got your read ready? Yeah. Uh, Box Out Sports is the leading online graphic solution, giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student-athletes this season. Go to boxout.com for a free demo. Boxoutsports.com. That's right. Sorry. Left out, you left out the sports. Sports. <laughs> you're going to get, you're going to get disowned by the, oh, geez. by the box out sports. Yeah, there are, they're going to just, you're out of, the, you're out of the team meetings. Uh, Courtside Indiana podcast is, is now available on Apple podcasts and Spotify, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. You could subscribe to the podcast via each of those services uh, with apps on your telephone and have them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop so zach as always appreciate uh appreciate your input and um and glad you got a chance to go up there and watch those games yeah me too it was really fun being over there and for those guys for everybody that listens we appreciate it and look forward to hearing back for or look forward to producing another podcast next week actually next week we'll start uh recording them on monday and they'll be out on tuesdays because the fall league i won't be able to podcast for four, the next four sundays so but for those that listen every week, we appreciate it. And for those that are listening for the first time, please come back and, and give, us a, give us a subscription. Bye.